Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Wow, J- just when we get settled in for a little afternoon, Declan went and got a golf club fitting today. Judd went back. He's already pounded nine beers in the afternoon. He's oh. rolled three columns. Uh, I've just been drinking Corona hard seltzers and oh. jumping on work calls and... I'm ready to go. There it is. I'm ready to go. I'm ready this to go right here. emergency episode of Purple Daily is brought to you by Corona Hard Seltzer. Declan, why don't you give them a little plug here, and we'll dive yeah. into the Riley Reef news. Let, let, let's pour one out for an offensive lineman, Riley Reef. I, I did the Blackberry Lime. I had to pour the purple one out, so Riley Reef is cut. There's more money to be held for the Vikings cap, and there's more uh, Corona Hard Seltzers to be drank here at my place. So, Riley Reef, pour one out for you. Corona Hard Seltzer, the only hard seltzer made with pure beach vibes. Wow. So here's the news, everybody. So the Vikings have released Riley Reef, and it'll wind up saving them $11.75 million against the cap. The way that it works is they account for your top 51 players. So somebody who makes 600000 will slide up into one of those slots for now, which means the real cap savings is just over $11 million. And so according to OverTheCap.com, the Vikings go from having, um, they were $2.3 million over the cap this morning. And so carry the four, a little math. It looks like they're now about $8.5 million under the salary cap. But Judd, this offensive line is, the, is like the thing that everyone talks about, rightfully so, right? If you're going to get to the next level offensively, if you're going to give Kirk the protection he needs. Yep. And now by my count, they have exactly one credible, above average, established offensive lineman on their roster right now. And it's Brian O'Neill. And that's all due respect to Ezra Cleveland, who might wind up being a really good player, but we just don't know yet. And so what are your, what are your thoughts on this massive move by the Vikings? So my thoughts are that they, almost certainly went to Reef and, and said, Riley, okay, here's the deal. We'll give you an extra year. We gave you the million bucks. Uh, the playing time incentive, despite the fact that you didn't play in that last game, and we love you, but just take this pay cut or or smooth out the cap hits, and we'll take care of you. And Reef said, do you remember last year, guys? Come here. Come here real close. You remember last year, right before the uh, season was about to start, and you made that huge trade for Ngakwe, and then you came to me and forced me to take a $5 million cap hit a week before the regular season started. But you did say you are free to go shop for jobs a week before the season. So I'm pretty sure that, that Reef said, you know, I'm done here. I'm gone. Um, this is the, to me, Phil, this is the easiest resolution to free up cap space. 
and to potentially uh, get yourself started into making moves because the potential or not potential, the savings here are big. The actual dead money cap hit the Vikings are going to take, I think is what, 3.2 million. So it's not that big. All of that being said now, what I would expect is the fact that the Vikings certainly aren't done yet, that they will address the guard position and guys continue uh, to be released. And so there are going to be options there. And as far as the tackle goes, I think the plan right now, unless they they can find another tackle, and that's going to to be tough. I think the plan right now is to move Brian O'Neill from right tackle to left tackle. They're going to give him a contract extension because he's going into the last year of his rookie contract. I think the plan is to leave Cleveland at right guard, possibly move him to right tackle. But the point is, Brian O'Neill now goes from being um, probably the Vikings' best O-lineman and a very important piece to being absolutely essential, and he's going to get a big payday because I think right at this point, the plan will be to move him to left tackle. Mm. Dex, uh, yeah, hit, hit us up with that Courtney Cronin tweet there. Yeah, Courtney uh, reports that, to my knowledge, Minnesota had hoped to work on an extension, not approach him with a restructure uh, with Reef. But when Robinson slash Morton were tagged at $14 million, it's easy to see why the left tackle opted to hit the open market. Interesting. So, yeah, that was my question is, you know, how, how did this conversation go down? Is it possible Riley Reef was so, – so from the Vikings' perspective – they would have wanted to sign him probably to a two-year contract, which would have taken him into, what, age 32, 33, somewhere in there, mm-hmm. um, and then lessen the cap hit for this year and then maybe push more into next year. And he might be looking at it saying, and this is risky. Like, this is risky for him because he's not a no-brainer big contract guy, especially with everyone coming down 8% in salary cap space. He's. It sounds like he's either betting on himself and saying, "I can if I get into a bidding war here, if I get three teams into a bidding war, I can make more than what you're going to offer me," uh, or he's just ruffled mm-hmm. based on what happened last fall before the season started, or some combination of both. Um. So Ezra Cleveland was drafted to presumably play left tackle at some point. Judd, your theory is that Brian O'Neill might move over yes. to left tackle here, but here's my question. Okay, so. Brian O'Neill would be playing out of position. He's a great right tackle. He'd be playing out of position at left tackle. Ezra Cleveland would be playing. He's already playing out of position on the right side at guard. So he'd be playing in position at left tackle, but he's unestablished, right? If you move Brian O'Neill to left tackle, are you now signing a right tackle? Is Ezra Cleveland playing right tackle? That's what I said, yeah. I I, I don't know. Um, my <laughs> this, guess doesn't, is, this doesn't sound like stability for Kirk Cousins, no, I guess. No, saying. it's probably not. But you can find right tackles, is my guess. Left tackles are hard to find. And and I think what Reef and Reef might be smart here. I think what Reef is saying, and he's not wrong, is so the market is about to be flooded with players, right? Because teams are going to be doing what the Vikings did today, which is cutting guys left and right uh, to get down to the salary cap. This is going to come down, and what makes this so intriguing to me is, again, it doesn't come down necessarily to the names of the players. It comes down to the positions that they play, right? Like there's going to be a plethora of guards, and guards are, God bless them, we've seen if you have bad guards, it's not good, right? But guards and and running backs and safeties there's a lot of those guys and and so if i hit the market i've got a race to get a job which by the way advantage vikings potentially but if i'm a left tackle guess what 
I protect the blind side of the majority of, of quarterbacks who play in this league, right? So I don't think so. If Reef played guard, I think he'd be like, okay, he's gone and he'll he'll probably get a job, but I don't know where. I think Reef is banking on the fact, and he's probably right, that left tackles and guys coming off good seasons at left tackle are hard to find. Mm-hmm. And so he is a he is a bankable position, I think, more so than a bankable name, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. He is basically saying someone's going to pay me because I'm hard to find doing what I do. Whereas a guard is like, okay, they're hard to find if they're really good, but you could find a, a lot of decent guards. Yeah. But some, something else to note too, that uh, we've, we've sort of seen this coming with just now that the NFL has set the salary cap at $182.5 million. Now team, like this is why you're seeing a floodgate of veteran releases today. Right. Mm-hmm. And one of, one of them was, 31-year-old right guard for the New York Giants, Kevin Zeitler, who was a former first-round pick by the Bengals in 2012. And Zeitler, I think I think the Giants saved $10 million to the cap by cutting him. You know, he's, he's 31 years old, and so it was similar to what the Vikings were facing with Riley Reef. It's like, okay, he's good. He's not elite. He's in his 30s now. What do we do with that big cap number? Well, Zeitler is probably going to sign with someone for a lot less than $10 million because he had kind of a down season by his standards in 2020. But he was still much better than what the Vikings were putting out at their interior offensive lineman positions. Now, again, he he played right guard for the Giants last year. Vikings more in the market for a left guard, unless Ezra Cleveland goes to left tackle, in which case you need a right guard. So I guess what I'm saying is uh, PFF grades for Zeitler the last few years, 66, 76, 77, 73 and pass blocking grades of 68, 75, and 92 with Cleveland in 2018. So uh, another name that wasn't initially on the free agent list a couple days ago, but he is available to the Vikings uh, to sign if they want to. And the Vikings, um, when Cleveland was shopping him a couple years back, the Vikings did call. So I'm pretty sure that the Vikings are going to check on him. But I mean, this does, this, this is the thing, this is the, Interesting thing about this for the Vikings is these are the decisions that they're going to have to make. And where I'm really curious is they don't have the um, the luxury of time here. So they have to be right. Like they're, they're about to make a lot of decisions that you can't say, well, you know what? I sure hope that they pay off. But if they don't, just wait till 2023, right? Like these are decisions that are difficult, that have to be made now, but you damn well better improve your team for 2021. And so that's where this dance is going to become really intriguing because there's no margin, I don't think, coming off a really disappointing 7-9 and season to screw up here. So if Reef is gone, that's fine. But like it can't be like, I hope we can replace him and do a, a nice job. If you don't have a plan that you are convinced is going to work, you're a fool here because – if you have a bad year again, that's two years then left on the contracts of the coach and GM. And I'm not convinced that if you come back and win eight games, that the Wilfs are going to say, let's take another shot. I think that they might say, okay, boys, you guessed wrong twice. That That's it. And keep in mind too, Phil, this team now, if they miss the playoffs in 2021, they will have missed the playoffs, I believe, in three or four years with Cousins as the QB. And he was the guy that the Wilfs were told was the guy to come in. So so you don't have time to be wrong here. Everything that you're doing today has to be right. Yep. All right, Dex, give us some math here. 
Yeah, this is from uh, Spotrack.com. So as you see, there's a bunch of numbers on the screen, but probably the most important one is your estimated cap space at the bottom. So right now, your estimated cap space, as you see in bold right there, is $7.7 million. So that's what the Vikings have right now going into free agency if they still uh, don't end up doing any other move. And, and obviously, restructures and other players still could be cut. I saw some note that Shamar Stefan right now, I believe, is like the eighth highest paid player on the Vikings. So you, you, there's definitely going to be other cap casualties, but according to Spotrack right now, after the rally reef cut, you're looking at about 7.7 in cap space uh, with mm. the 51 players on the roster. Mm. All right. Can I give you guys what I think is the best case scenario for this offensive line over the next couple of weeks? Cause I, I, I think in a perfect world, and this doesn't count the draft, by the way. This, this Now the Vikings are in the market potentially for a left tackle in the first round, which is something we hadn't talked a whole lot about because it was like, yep. oh, well, they got Ezra Cleveland. If, if, if Riley Reeve, you want to bring him back. Well, now that Riley Reeve is gone uh, and you've had Ezra Cleveland playing right guard the last year, th- there's an open conversation about the Vikings drafting a left tackle in the first round, which we can have that discussion too. But I think the best case scenario here is if you keep Brian O'Neill at right tackle where he's comfortable and where he's already really, really good. You could argue he's like one of the top 10 right tackles in the NFL. And Ezra Cleveland on that rookie contract slides over to his natural position of left tackle and picks it up right away. Even better than he picked up right guard. Just This is your comfort zone. This is why you were drafted. You have one year as an NFL player, so you don't have to be a rookie immersing yourself. You've, you've at least felt you know, NFL caliber defensive speed and linemen pushing at you before. So it won't be as much of a learning curve as if you were to have done it as a rookie. So you've got your bookends and you've got one of them on a rookie contract. And then you sign Joe Thune with whatever, whatever remaining money you can clear out. If you could sign Joe Thune to be your left guard, he automatically makes your center Garrett Bradbury better because now he's at least attached to somebody who has been around for a long time and knows what they're doing. And then literally just find an average right guard, whether it's somebody internally, whether it's, you know, a draft pick or some sort of cast off free agent that somebody cut in the last week, that would be the best case scenario for me. Your thoughts. It still feels to to your point from before, Phil, it still feels so fluid though, that like, I want to trust them, but I don't because when it comes to this position group, they've been wrong so damn much. So, like, it feels this was the easiest way to get where they wanted to go. My question now is what's your intention again and what's your plan? And because they've been goofy when it comes to this position group, I'm not convinced that they're going to do the right thing. Um, and my guess on on O'Neal is this one. So he's going to get paid. Like, he's a good player. He's going to, to get paid. I think with the way that Rick thinks, Spielman does, I think he's going to think, well, let's pay him to move then and get the maximum from him at left tackle. Now, if you are going to have OTAs and the entire ordinary program in the spring and summer, I think that might be fine. But if you're not, it's going to be a problem. Um, And again, this is not – if they were hitting a reset, I think that we could justify this. Like, I think we could be patient and we could say, okay, it didn't work with Kirk and they're going to move on from Kirk as well. Or, or possibly if they were planning on, uh, on trying to reset things, they had moved on from Kirk. And then there would be the luxury of being able to sit back and watch it unfold. That's not how this feels though. Right? Like this feels very much like they need to win. Um, 
And with the cap coming down, which in their defense and the entire league's defense, nobody expected. This is the best way to get where they want to go right now. But what are you going to do with that? Like, are you going to make the right moves now? Are you going to go get a, a left guard? Are, are you going to try to fit O'Neal in at left tackle after to your point? And you're exactly right. He has developed himself into a really good right tackle, but it's a different position. Mm-hmm. And here's what worries me, okay? So to go back a year, here's why I'm expressing my grave concern about this. Because we are the ones, for as much as fans might say, you know, you guys talk about what what do you know? The coaches know, right? This is the same franchise that a year ago, a year ago, we sat here saying, what are you going to do at cornerback? Like Waynes is gone, and I know people didn't like him, but he was a decent player. Rhodes is gone. He had a bad year, but he had been a really good player, and he was a veteran. Alexander walked, and we on this show had in-depth discussions about this seems really weird. Like, are, are you going to get veterans here? Are you going to bring in some help here? And they're like, we got it. We got it. We got it. We're, we're, we're drafting guys. We got Dantzler. And Gladney, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. And they ultimately weren't. And it feels to me like this this team, and this is a Vikings problem that I think goes back years. This team has often been too cute for its own good. Like instead of just basically sitting there and saying, what makes the most sense? They're like, we got a plan. And you're like, nah, not that plan. So what you said, as far as the line goes, I can get my head around but I don't know. I trust them. Yeah. I, I don't trust them to, I don't trust them to develop offensive linemen, but I do trust them. I mean, I Riley reef was a good signing. Um, although Brian O'Neill is actually the sort of the, the shining star example for them that they're going to hang their hat on. Good pick. Absolutely. But I think, you know, do, do you remember a few years ago, you and I sat down for like an hour with Derek Falvey twins, president of baseball operations and talked about roster building on the baseball side. And and he was relaying to us an anecdote about Theo Epstein. Theo Epstein's the greatest baseball front office executive in modern history, right? He broke the Cubs curse and the Red Sox curse, and he can pretty much do whatever he wants the rest of his career. Mm-hmm. And Theo Epstein admitted to Derek Falvey and some other guys, you know, at the peak of his powers, I'm not really good at developing pitching. If you mm-hmm. notice, like all my teams, we we develop hitters from within and we draft guys and we, you know, Chris Bryant's and all these guys with Boston. And we have to go out and make trades and sign pitchers who are already established because we don't really have a great feel for what it takes to develop pitching, which is amazing. And he recognizes weakness. And I think we're at the point with Rick Spielman, and I'm not equating Rick Spielman to Theo Epstein, just, <laughs> just to be clear. Okay. Just yes. to be clear. But I think if you're Rick Spielman, it's not that you have zero wins in finding offensive linemen because you cl- clearly have a couple like Brian O'Neill, but like you're not good at it. You aren't good at identifying the fourth round guy or whoever it may be, even the first round guys with, with Matt Khalil and with Garrett Bradbury. Um, so the best thing you can do is find guys through trades or through free agency that are already established that you can just plug and play. And whether it's Zeitler who just got released by the giants or Thune, um, the, the Pittsburgh guard that we talked about on the show yesterday or today, the days are kind of blending together. Just go find a solution to your interior offensive line problems with someone who already has a track record. I don't want them to mess around with, well, we got like nine fourth round picks. And so let's draft a couple (laughs) guards and no, go sign someone who knows what they're doing. Plug him into that left guard spot. Slide Ezra Cleveland over if you want to. You know, I actually, I actually feel better 
like if they were to find established solutions up the middle, I would actually be willing to roll the dice on Ezra Cleveland as my inexperienced left tackle because I feel like it's going to be easier if you need to like put Irv Smith out there or Tyler Conklin to help chip and just straight up double team an edge rusher. Like you can do that if you have to. And Kirk at least will have a little bit more time to roll out away from pressure. If you're just getting submarined up the middle every other play, like we've seen in some of these games, Kirk doesn't stand a chance he's not mobile enough. So fix the up the middle problem. The problem now, too, though, and this has probably become the problem for O-lines in the last, I don't know, five, six years, is you now have the potential that the majority of some lines can all rush, right? Like 10 years back, this is very simple. How good's your left tackle? Are your guards sufficient, right? And the right t- tackle is going to face a base end who's going to be there to basically stop the run, right? So, I mean, this was a, a – and the O'Neal switch to left tackle would probably be a natural move, and then you would go find a, a right tackle, but he wouldn't have to be great. But that's all changed now, and the pressure comes from both ends at times now. It comes from the interior. Um, this, it, this is just – this is so interesting to watch as far – as the Vikings go to me as well, um, because I'm not sure this is the right moves. Like I'm not sure. I'm not sure that they shouldn't take a step back and say, "We tried something. It didn't work." Right? We need to take that step back and and take a deep breath and possibly reconvene as far as as to as far as what we're trying to do here. Um, they're not going to do that. Like they're still in win 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 mode, yeah. which I guess for the fan base is fine. I'm not sure it serves the right purpose, Phil. So I, I think if I could take what you're saying and sum it down or, or sum it up in like a short snippet, there's two ways to look at this Riley Reef cut today. Way number one is, oh, the Vikings are being strategic. They're doing this because they have plan- they have like the next three dominoes all lined up. Not that they're tampering. Not that they're tampering. But maybe they already have an inkling that Joe Thune, like – they're cutting Riley Reef because Joe Thune is going to slide in at left guard and Ezra Cleveland's going to go over the left tackle and voila, like they have a plan. That's one way to look at it. Sure. The other way to look at it is they're screwed because <laughs> Riley, Riley Reef decided, guys, I'm going to hit the free agent market and uh, good luck to you. Appreciate the last few years. You made me a rich man and uh, I wish you the best of luck. Um, I know that like the most optimistic of Vikings fans are going to look at this positively and say, all right, they've got some cap room. Riley Reef was in his 30s. He was fine, but like they've got a plan in place and they're about to implement it over the next week. What I would be concerned about is that they don't have an exact plan laid out. This was something that they would have liked to prevent with some sort of contract extension to Reef. And now, in addition to finding a left guard and maybe a right guard and some other pieces uh, on both sides of the ball, they also need a left tackle. So we'll see. A lot's going to happen the next 10 days. I would substitute the word screwed with panicked, that they're panicked, <laughs> that that they're basically like, oh, my God, oh, my God. OK, we've got the room. Now what? Um, and And look, I think we all can agree on one simple statement here, OK? And it's this, and it's a lot to ask, but I think it's very fair. If from a pass protection standpoint on opening day, 2021, if we don't all think that the Vikings are damn good, they're in huge trouble. They're in huge trouble. And you know what I'm going to do right now? I'm going to absolve the quarterback 
Because I'm going to tell you, he has shown you his cards. He has shown you who he is. You know, there is no question. And don't tell me he's going to improve. He's going to get better pocket presence. No, he's not. And that's no longer on him. He's not capable. Okay. So if we don't, so if week one of next of the coming season, we don't all love the offensive line, not from a run blocking standpoint, stop with that from a pass protection standpoint, then something has gone very wrong because you cannot justify any more to me, a guy who's going to have a $31 million cap hit, not being protected. He should have like a bulletproof vest on. Like you should, you you should have security guards for Kirk. Like you know what he can and can't do, right? So if you're like, well, we're going to make it up a little bit here, and here's what we're going to do, and we're going to get away with this. No, you're not, and shame on you if you think you are. I mean, like think about what's happening right now. So they have they have a quarterback, like you said, that has shown his cards in his career that he needs a brick wall up front. He's not the best at sensing pressure. He's not even like Tom Tom Brady's not mobile, but. He's not great at sensing pressure. He he needs a brick wall pass protection. And when he gets it, he's really good. He can throw dimes. He's accurate. He can throw the ball down the field. And so you've never in three years given him that brick wall. You've always sort of hedged with, well, we the brick wall is nice, but the zone run blocking scheme with feathery light offensive linemen, like that's what we need to do. And if they can hold up once in a while in the passing game, then that's perfect. And we are sitting here entering the fourth year of Kirk Cousins' career in a Super Bowl window. And that's not me saying it. Like, the team the, the, the team thinks that they're going to win a Super Bowl at some point here with Zimmer coming back and with Cousins' salary. They're in a win-now window. Mm-hmm. And they literally have, as of right now today, as we sit here at 424 Central Time or whatever, 422 Central Time in the Twin Cities, they have four question marks along the offensive line headed into free agency week. That's a fact. And Ezra Cleveland, some people might say he's not really he, – he's a question mark if he plays left tackle. And he wasn't even that great at right guard, okay? We have we have offensive line beer goggles on when it comes to what we – like if, if they're better than Dakota Dozier, we consider it a success. Well, that's not Super Bowl success. Right. So your grand plan to surround Kirk Cousins has come down to four question marks along the offensive line headed into free agency and the draft. And if you can magically turn that into – three established players in some form, bravo, but this feels like a really, really tall task for them. And I I also think that this is a definite um, indication that Zimmer basically has said, you took away too much of my defense last year. We were terrible there. That's my forte. I was hired because of that. You can't do that again, so don't touch a guy like Barr. Like, Barr has to come back, okay? Um, And... If defense dominated the day in this league, I would say, okay, I sort of get that, right? But it doesn't, and we know that. We know how this league operates, and and look, I'm not talking about in the Super Bowl, okay? I'm talking about getting 2-1. I'm talking about winning games, winning divisions. We know that you do that through outstanding quarterback play lots of times and certainly offensive weapons, which, by the way, skill position-wise, you have. But if this is going to be about Mike's defense – And I don't think anyone has ever told Mike, Mike, you are head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. Your business card does not say head of Vikings defense. And oh, by the way, moonlight as coach. Okay. So if that's the direction that they're going down, and I would not be surprised, you again have the factions of the front office pulling apart with different ideas. 
But I don't think there's a debate here. I, I really don't. When you watch this league now, if you don't give a quarterback that you're paying a tremendous amount of money to the best protection possible to use Thielen and Jefferson and Irv Smith, um, I believe that you're doing it wrong. And, yeah. and it's that simple. By the way, uh, we are reading the YouTube comments here, and Declan's been popping them up on the screen. So Tavian Granderson says this might force a Kirk trade. I want to go down that path for a second. That's a really interesting point. Because one of the biggest question marks is Kirk's contract the next two years. His contract for 2022 becomes fully guaranteed in like eight days from now or nine days from now. So the Vikings have to the Vikings have to make some decisions here on, okay, are, are we wedded to Kirk Cousins for the next three, four, maybe five years? Or is this a time where we should look to maybe move him to a team like San Francisco that's clearly been sniffing around the, uh, the tires? And we talk about it from the Vikings perspective, but if you're Kirk right now and the Vikings come to you and say, listen, we'd like to restructure again. Uh, we'd like to reduce your cap number for 2021 to free up even more money to go get some things that we can put around this team to help win a Super Bowl, And then we'd like to extend into 2023 and beyond. If I'm him, I'm looking back at the Vikings and saying, all right, well, who's my left tackle? Who's my left guard? Basically, who is protecting my blind side? Because I don't love getting smoked in the ribs three times a game or more. If I'm Kirk, after the release of Riley Reef, I'm looking around the room a little bit for my out for my own good, right? And saying, all right, I'd like to make a lot of money, but I also want to win a Super Bowl to some extent. Would I be better off in another city with another franchise? If this team has four question marks along the offensive line, and again, the Vikings are going to say, don't overreact. We've got some cap space now. Uh, we feel good about Ezra Cleveland. We're going to go sign a guard. Like, don't overreact to this. But if you're Kirk, how do you not look around and say, wait a second, they want me to take a pay cut after they just cut my left tackle? To well, me? well, keep in mind, my guess is that they have been to Kirk and said, will you uh, extend or restructure? And I think Kirk said no. And so I think they said, okay, we got to do something here, right? I think oh the real I think the real question is is in the last half hour or so has Kirk gotten a text from Kyle in San Francisco saying you up? I think that's <laughs> the real question because yeah, I mean Kirk can't be through. but here's the thing, here's my question that I'd love to ask Kirk if he would answer honestly. What do you want? Like do you want the payday? Do you not care? Do you want to win more? Like I don't know the problem is it doesn't, and, and this is a Vikings and Kirk problem. So this is not all Kirk, but right now it doesn't feel like they are working hand in hand to try to win. It feels like Kirk's got this enormous pile of cash coming, right? Yeah, yeah. And that the Vikings are trying to work around that, which is not really how this should work. Like if it, it should work that way. If you are a good team, it shouldn't work that way. If you're a potentially great team with Super Bowl aspirations. And by the way, you are right now, paying one of the most talented wide receivers in this entire league next to nothing. Like this should be a window, a glorious one. Um, but yeah, I, it would be really interesting to hear Kirk and to see if things are going on behind the scenes based on what you just broached Phil, because it can't be as simple as I don't think it can't be as simple as Kirk saying, I don't care if we win. I just want to be paid, but help me out. Like, it doesn't go both ways there. Yeah. So I don't know. 
The good news is the Vikings did pick up two compensatory draft picks for the 2021 draft from the, uh, let's see, it would be the McKenzie Alexander free agent signing and then Trey Waynes. They got a fourth round pick. So they have, they now have 18 fourth round picks in this draft and they got a sixth round pick. So Rick Spielman, Rick Spielman starting on day two literally has every other draft pick the rest of the way. So it'll be, it'll be a fun. I want to see him get more seventh round picks. I want to see him one day have every pick in that last round. <laughs> every single last 30, whatever it is, picks all go to Rick Spielman and the Vikings. That's what his, I want. His life's work. Just he made 32 picks in the seventh round and then resigned. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. You've got them all. Take them all. Use them Amazing. all. Bring back George Payton. But yeah, it's an interesting day. And um, I'm curious to see what's next. And, and I do think. Um, the person that put the comment up on Kirk, I do, I, I think that there is a slight chance that something could occur with Kirk. I wouldn't predict it, uh, but it's it's interesting enough to me that I wouldn't completely dismiss it either. Okay, is let's let's fair? go let's go around the room one more time. We've done this a few times. Percent chance. I'll flip it this way. Percent chance Kirk is the Viking starting quarterback week one. Declan, 90 percent chance. I, I I I would be surprised. Even it is interesting the fact that they cut Riley Reef, and if you're not going to address this left tackle, I could see him being like, you know what, screw this, I want to go to San Francisco, get me out of here. So, but but it's probably still ninety percent chance he's still your quarterback. I, I'm gonna say like seventy five. Oh, that's, that's whoa! Are you serious? Seventy five. Yeah, so twenty five percent chance he gets traded, or I am going higher than Declan, ninety five percent chance. I don't think these guys have the guts to pull the trigger, and I don't think that they would necessarily get back. Now, I, I think they would do it if they got back the right uh, potential co- compensation from like San 10 Fran. seventh round picks. Well, right, but you know, no, every seventh, every here's seventh the deal. round pick, John Lynch, you go get every seventh round pick and trade them to me for Kirk. Um, but I, I don't know that these guys have the guts to, and I don't. And the thing about that trade too is. Do the would the Wolves stop it or allow it? But the one thing I do come back to, the third day of the league year, which, which is what now? Next Friday, a week from Friday, a week from Saturday? Mm-hmm. The third day when that thing becomes guaranteed, every, as far as I can tell, every bit of power at that point goes to Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. Boy, this is going to be so much fun the next week or so. And the Vikings are going to be, now that the Vikings have some cap space, so they just to, for people that jumped in here, we're doing this live on Purple Daily YouTube. Um, the Vikings have, according to overthecap.com, so over the, <laughs> over the cap and Spotrack are off by a million. So over the cap says 8.7 million, Spotrack says 7.7. So call it like eight, eight and a half million dollars in cap space. There's also some other things they can do to get because I think I think they need to get to like 15 or 20 million. Like if they want Thuni, they need 20 million dollars in cap space. And you can't absorb his deal. They can they can backload it and they can put more caps, uh, uh, more of the cap hit in future years. But like you got to sign a first round pick. There's other things you're going to want in free agency. So they can restructure Harrison Smith, save a couple million. They can cut Shamar Stefan, and I believe they would save three, seven million or something. Yes, it'd be around three when you Correct. account for the top fifty-one, um, and then you know that maybe there's still something to do with Anthony Barr, but it sounds like they've already approached him about that. Cole quit; they can save one point seven. So there's a few things they can do to for sure get to like twelve to fifteen million, and then it'll be interesting to see. Okay, what kind of poker are they going to play in free agency next week? But they're going to be linked to some names. There's going to be rumors flying all over the place, and we're definitely going to be we'll, we'll be jumping on more emergency Purple Daily podcasts 
I uh, I am certain. Any final thoughts from you guys before we say peace out until tomorrow? My last one is this, because I don't think it can be dismissed. Daniil Hunter, what happens there? That's mm-hmm. another huge dot domino here. Um, and I don't know. They, they might try and back him up until right before the uh, year starts like they did with, with uh, Dalvin Cook. I, but that's one that I don't think there's any way on God's green earth that he is going to play for them under the terms of his current contract. So it's going to ha- have to be addressed. Now, there are ways probably to extend him, make it really – lucrative but have the cap hits not start till 2022 or three uh but between that one and, and just my my own curiosity about kirk i think there's an i think there's a slight chance something big, big happens i'm not banking on it but i would love to see it and those are the two starting with hunter that i'm really curious about dex what about you final final thoughts from you final thoughts is uh, i'm just pouring one out for my guy rally reef who is now going to be drinking Corona hard seltzers with me here in the off season. And he looks for more suitors. He's, He's going to be a lot of cash able to buy, buy a lot of those. Parisi, <laughs> and Spurgeon, Riley Reed, Corona hard seltzer. And he gets cut wide. They just did a shot. <laughs> they all did a shot. Oh, that, was man. that was good stuff. Declan. And yeah. I got to go into the X and see LaPanta. So thank you very much for that. You're welcome. Love it. Love it. All right. Yeah. Thanks for everyone hanging out with us, man. We had several hundred people hanging out here on YouTube. It looks like, so be sure to click the subscribe button. If you want daily Vikings entertainment in your ears or in your face. And also remember the score North app, it's free to download. And we are giving away a hundred dollars per day between now and March 26th to anyone who, uh, well, not to everyone, but like to one person per day who, 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 downloads, <laughs> come on, come on. <laughs> who downloads the score North app and, uh, and, and opens it. Oh. You can, you can enter multiple times throughout the month. And, uh, and the winners of those hundred dollar bills are also going to be entered into a $10,000 pick your prize grand prize. So check all that out on the score North app. Deccan will have the information in the description below. And, uh, we appreciate y'all hanging out with us on this emergency Riley reef is gone episode of purple daily.